and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Scott Nye. I'm David Bax. Thank you for listening. David, how's it going? Yes. Oh, all right. I, I hurt my knee right in, just in time to walk around the uneven, icy uh, sidewalks of well, Park you'll, City. You'll stretch it, right? That's the idea? I don't know. I, I don't guess, know how to take yeah, care well, of legs. Uh, re- well, you know how you take care of, of, a, of an inflamed muscle? Uh, it's called rice. Rest. What's the second one? Ice? It's rest. Yes, it's rest, ice, compression, elevation. I've been practicing right. price painkillers rest ice compression sure. elevation that's what i've been pra- practicing um, I, I do remember but, one sundance i some, my i like literally just woke up and had terrible back pain one day and it was like mm. the day we're leaving for sundance i was like oh this is gonna suck um can you feel better yeah uh and this this will mean nothing to anyone but you and me scott but um the i'm still saying staying with the same people like the same yeah. condo complex that you and i stay at together but Sundance no longer uses the mark as a venue. Which oh no! Means it's it's no longer a shuttle stop. Oh so god! To, like walk to the Eccles, or I'll probably Lyft uh, or Uber with my depending on how my leg feels. Anyway, that's enough Sundance talk. You've got you'll you you get plenty more Sundance coverage uh, to to come. Um, we have a guest, so we don't normally do a top of show thing, but I do want to remind people and also clarify something. And also apologize for something. I have a lot lot to do. (laughs) But if you sign up for the Patreon between now and if you want to cut down to the wire, I guess like January 28th or 29th, um, you will get a ballot. You will will be able to vote for the BPs. Um, I should clarify because I didn't know this was a possibility and didn't know I had to clarify this. You have to sign up at one of the paid levels. Apparently, it is possible to sign up for the Patreon but not pay anything and not get anything, but you're technically a patron, I guess. But you doesn't don't get sound like it to me. I mean, I, I guess you would then get the ability to ask us questions for the mailbag, but you wouldn't be able to hear us answer them. So I don't Never know. Never know the answers. But anyway, I didn't know that that was even a possibility, but so I wanted to clarify in order to get the BP's ballot, you have to sign up at one of the paid levels two, five or $10 per month. You can see what that all, and it gets you some great stuff. It's not, you know, we're not, uh, um, we're not trying to hose you over here. Uh, so I want to clarify that, remind people you have the, the, the ballots are due January 29th. So the sooner that you can uh, sign up, if you want, if you want a ballot, uh, the better. Um, I also, uh, for patrons, uh, you might've noticed there wasn't a, uh, an episode last week. Hopefully that means there'll be two uh, in short succession, but there also might just be a lost page that never gets posted because of uh, uh, some Byzantine technical issues uh, that I won't go into on the podcast. But uh, what I will go into is telling you about tweakedaudio.com. Tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors that look great. They sound great. I use them each and every day. Today I was rocking out to a Denver, Colorado punk band called Dead Pioneers. They're um, uh, indigenous native uh, punk rockers, and their songs are very uh, politically minded, um, very much uh, uh, shout singing about uh, indigenous rights and and anti-colonialism and stuff like that. Uh, And I really dug it. Uh, and it sounded great in my tweakedaudio.com earbuds. They're available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Scott? Hello. Well, uh, hello, but be quiet because I'm going to introduce our guest. Uh, right, I'll try. It's it's that it's that time of year where we're we're kind of uh, uh, getting into our wrapping up the year that was as we lead up to to the Oscars, um, which are the first Sunday in March, I think, this year. Um, 
and uh uh one of those this is a relatively new uh addition to this but this has got to be like the fourth one we've done i think um maybe the third uh we are going to we are joined by longtime friend of the show my former co-host over at the previously on podcast uh to talk the best needle drops in movies of 2023 please welcome back sean ingram hi hello how are you i'm good how, how are you also good. Well, my my knee hurts. I don't know if you were listening. Yeah. And hello to Scott, of course. Hello. Yeah. This is the fifth. I, I the way I recall. Oh, this is the fifth. Okay. It was it was David and Tyler and I did the first one. Then it was just me and David. Right. In the second year, then the third year. Then we've done two with. So yeah, oh, yeah we got two, which but then, and then there, we there was did, also okay. Yeah, the special. This is, yeah, the the special episode. So maybe this the all time needle drops. The fourth year and the fifth, fifth episode. overall needle drops. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, now, Sean, I know you're a uh, to get back to my knee. You're a runner. Um, any any advice? Uh, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> I have no, no real advice. I've, I've actually never had knee problems, but just, yeah, don't, don't push through. No. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. If, if you have pain, it's not. Not worth it. It's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, I just need to lose some goddamn weight is a thing. That's honestly, that's what it's about. <laughs> um, is that a self-diagnosis? Yes, that is a self-diagnosis. Um, the doctor at the urgent care, when I told her that, said, don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> That's, That's a nice. good doctor. Yeah, yeah, she was nice. Um, okay, uh, well, let's, we're, we're going to, let's get into it, shall we? We're going to talk about our favorite uh, needle drops in 2023 movies. Uh, we've got five each. Um, I haven't prescribed a methodology, but I think in past I know I have generally gone alphabetical by movie title. I can't remember if that's how everyone else uh, is doing it, um, but doesn't matter. Uh, how have you guys decided to organize yours? Um, I think I mostly just organized it by vibes and hoping okay. that one of you guys will mention one that's on my rough list of like seven. And then it just like hacks those out right away. Yeah, I organized by what do I remember? <laughs> well, I I, I, keep, I remember it. I keep track through the year, um, but I did. I Sean, you and I were texting earlier today about how it was hard to come up. With, like you didn't have a lot of, and, and Scott just said he had seven. Like there aren't a lot of uh, honorable mentions this. Yeah, this oh, year. I have another yeah. honorable mentions, but yeah, oh, okay. they were. I did have a hard time assembling my list. Yeah, Harder me than too, last year for sure. Although I that also, said, I still up until the last minute, and I'm still not entirely sure how I'll go on one of them. There is there is one that it's it's hard for me to pick, but I'm hoping one of you picks the other one. Perfect. I have I have at least one that bends or breaks the rule, but you, if you guys want to call me out, yeah, you are, you are welcome to do that. And hmm. I can choose choose one of one. one of my honorable mentions bends or breaks the rule, and I wonder if it's the same one. It might be. Let's see. Uh, but well, what is uh, the rule? We should state the rule for the the listeners. Oh, so and for maybe for me. Um, I mean, th yeah, I guess it isn't rules. It's just guidelines. Um, generally, uh, when we when we're talking about needle drops, we're talking about pre-existing songs, um, that are either played on the soundtrack or diegetically in the movie. Um, but we generally exclude things like in title songs or in credit songs what else have we excluded in the past do you guys um, remember de definitely like yeah original songs yeah, i yeah, original songs are out yeah i excluded this year and i think i've excluded in the past like karaoke scenes there was one that, there's okay. a great karaoke there's scene one. from this year that i didn't yeah, but the, yeah don't don't go into it because that might be yeah, don't <laughs> talk about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so a karaoke scene technically would be breaking the rule but you know, in a thin year, why not? Sure. And it's a, and it's a yeah. great scene if we're all thinking of the same one. So last year I went first and then regretted it because I kept stealing everybody's picks. So I think the order this year will be uh guest of honor, Sean, then a uh, long time guest co-host Scott, and then I will go last. All right. Okay. So Sean, kick us off. 
Um, okay. I'm not going to go alphabetical because the first one alphabetically might be my favorite. So I'll hold that for a second. Alphabetically by movie title? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I, want, I still wonder if, it's the same, if this is different, <laughs> but now I wonder if that's also the same one. Okay. No. Um, I'm going to go with Thuddingly Obvious, and I assume it's on somebody's list or honorable mention at least. Let's talk about the instrumental cover of PIMP by 50 Cent in Anatomy of a Fall. That was the first one I thought of. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, not only is it... I mean, not only is it very prominent in the movie, it's crucial to the story. Yeah. Which is, I don't know, uh, maybe you guys can, is this is that the first time that we've talked about where a deedle drop or a piece of music is like, plays a role in the... I can't be the well, first I'll just time. say, that there's a, huh? I, I, we must have talked about other times, I just nothing's yeah, coming to yeah. mind, but it, yeah. Yeah, but um, so I liked it because um, it's a great character moment for a character you don't see for like 45 minutes, an hour into the movie. Right. You sort of, it's like your first, it's really your first like glimpse of what this, what this, what the main character's husband, uh, who is playing the song in his workspace Mm -hmm. um he remains unseen but he's playing the song very loudly um and yeah it's your kind of it's kind of your first glimpse of what this guy is like and he's kind of using the song as an assault and it's also a, a great choice for a an older uh or middle-aged uh, french guy something he <laughs> might he, yeah something he would think was cool but not too like distracting to work to i guess um so yeah really good and yeah i <laughs> i mean the original song uh i i'm a fan but oh yeah it's a classic but um uh, i forgot what i was where I was well, going. It, um <laughs> but yeah uh, I, I did i didn't put it on my list i probably should have thought to do that but uh i can't remember if you mentioned that the song also plays on repeat um, right, yeah. yes. I was going to say, you hear it a lot throughout you the movie. You hear it a bunch, yes. But um, in that way, and in only that way, Anatomy of a Fall reminded me of Adam Wingard's You're Next, which uh, has mm. uh, Dwight Twilley's Looking for the Magic on, on repeat uh, at the at the house next door, um, where Caitlin Shile gets killed at the beginning. Caitlin Shile and Larry Fessenden, I think, are the people who get killed in the opening like tease of, of that movie. Uh, so yeah, I definitely thought of your next, and also R.I.P. Dwight Twilley, whom we uh, yeah we don't do like Inner Warnings, but he passed away uh, this 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 past year. Uh, yeah, good song, and yeah, P.M.P. also good song. It's a great choice, also because it's like it's familiar, but not that version of it, and so you're like <laughs> the, this music kicks on, you're like, is that? All right. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, originally, apparently, they wanted to use uh, Jolene um the dolly parton song which would have been like i think a little too on point thematically for the movie yeah um and for that like what he's trying to convey in that scene which is like essentially annoying somebody he suspects his wife of cheating on him with um but yeah there's... even though it's an instrumental but, but version... didn't work out yeah well, sorry if uh, i think you cut out sorry if i oh sorry talking over you can you say it again Oh, I was just saying, I'm glad, I don't know if it was rights issues or what, but I'm glad Jolene didn't work out. It's a much more eclectic, strange choice. Yes, I agree. And l last thing on, I was going to say is, um, speaking of like character moments, if you know the original song, it's, I think it's fair to say it's uh, uh, a misogynistic piece. Sure. <laughs> um, so right. it, it, there's that extra layer to it, even though it's an instrumental version yeah. in the movie. Yeah, it definitely um, made me wish that I had seen Anatomy of a Fall in a movie theater because I saw it at home and wasn't able to hear PAMP as loud as I probably would have been. It was so in loud in a theater. theater. So loud. <laughs> uh, all right, Scott, what's your first one? Let's see. I think I'll go with... Um... 
So I was as I was going through this, of course, like you come across some movies that just have pretty wall to wall solid soundtracks, and there weren't that this year. But one that I didn't expect to have such a great soundtrack was uh, BlackBerry, um, the you know I didn't... rise and fall movie of the BlackBerry. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a pretty great selection of '90s and aughts jams um but the one i'll go with is um at like i can't remember if it's like a launch party for the product or like they hit a certain sales figure or whatever but it's like a celebratory scene that takes place in like 2003 they throw on return of the mac by mark morrison which is uh oh, like kind yeah. of a jam but also like really out of step with the current moment like it's not like a new point it's like yeah almost a decade old um and it it, it both um it both captures like the spirit of the scene that they're trying to convey in terms of like, yeah, you can kind of get down to it. You can dance to it, but it's also like really out of step with the time. And so it kind of represents both like the nerdiness of engineers that like their idea of hip music is going to be something that came out 10 years ago, but also like the arc of the Blackberry is that they will very soon fall behind the times. Um, So it's a smart track in numerous regards. Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate it. Like not quite a deep cut, but a slightly deep cut there. Um, I almost picked uh, Waterloo Sunset, but that's more of an end credit song, but is exceedingly thematically appropriate for uh, Blackberry because their headquarters was in Waterloo, Canada. So to drop the kinks, Waterloo Sunset at the end of the movie is ideal. I didn't see Blackberry, but I uh, unabashedly love Return of the Mac. <laughs> oh yeah, so do song. I. No, it's great. It's a great song. Um but if you do, you know, and this is probably more for Sean because it's more of his alley. Do you know the Sada Baby uh, uh, version "Return with My Strap"? No, <laughs> no, I don't. I I know Sada Baby, but I don't think I've heard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean, I, Sean, did you see? Um, I did see uh, Blackberry. Uh, okay, it it that's a good point you make. What came to my mind? Um, I've already forgotten the Glenn Howerton character. I I. Don't remember his name. Yeah, who knows? But the one kind of the inverse of what your point about Return of the Mac is they kind of use him as a timestamp, like when he's driving up, like it, it jumps to the early two thousands and he's driving in his car and they're playing he's playing the strokes. Yeah. It's kind of like setting setting the era, setting the scene. Uh so they do they do that a couple times in the movie, um, with some some pretty good songs. Yeah, at least they had a little better musical taste in that regard than the needle drops in air, which I don't think any of us will have picked because all the needle drops in air are so thuddingly obvious. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely, yeah. Um, all right, I'll move on. But uh, because I mentioned Sada Baby, I have to mention, uh, I don't know if either of you have ever seen the the YouTube video of Sada Baby singing along to How You Remind Me by Nickelback. Uh, it's <laughs> It's about a minute long and it is literally one of my go-to, like I need to cheer up like YouTube videos. It makes me so happy. Uh, all right. I'm going to jump in. I don't know if this is the right pick. And I, but I, I the, my other one I think might be one of Sean's cause I know he liked the movie. So I'm going to say with this, I'm going to start with the movie, all of us strangers. And the song is the pet shop boys cover of always on my mind. Um, which uh, is both playing and is sung along to by Claire Foy as they're decorating the tree. Um, and uh, again, as uh, um, I mean, you were talking about Blackberry being an actual period piece. All of us strangers kind of is and isn't a period piece, um, but always on my mind as a sort of um, melancholic love song that is also uh, a rem- a, a, a remnant of the era that he would have been decorating a Christmas tree with his parents when when he was when he was a kid. Uh, it's yeah, all of us strangers didn't. Um, I started to wonder this year if I am like becoming jaded because this is the first time that an Andrew Hay movie didn't make me cry. But maybe the one of the closest it came to making me cry is um, Claire Foy. Um, softly singing along to always on my mind while decorating the tree with her husband and, and, and son. Uh, any thoughts there? Didn't see that one. Oh, Oh, it's great. I mean, it's kind of like just coming out. So I think, um, for a lot of people, it's still on the two C list, but yeah, it's a great film. And I kind of forgot about that scene, but, um, 
spoiler for one of our upcoming Patreons, one of my New Year's resolutions, make better better notes of films as I go about these sort of things because I totally forgot that they use that. And now, as you said, it's like completely coming back to me. Yeah. It's a good uh, track. I know. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Uh, all right. Um, Sean, round two, kick us off. Uh, okay. Uh, let's go with a fun one. Um, actually, well, I think one of the better, one of my favorites, I mean, they're all supposed to be my favorites, <laughs> but of the right. five, um, I'm going to go with Avril Lavigne, Complicated in Bottoms. I think you stole one of Scott's. <laughs> was, was that on your list, Scott? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that, to me, it rides such a fine line to me. And I think maybe the generation I am plays into this, which I'll get to. But um, because it's kind of it's kind of the perfect song for the moment. But I also laughed when it came on. Everybody in my theater did. Yeah. yeah. It was a huge laugh moment. But so like, it's both funny, but also like, oh wait, this kind of like totally works. Um, and I think maybe part of the reason we laugh, Scott, maybe you'll agree, disagree. is like, at least for my generation, Avril Lavigne is not someone to be taken seriously necessarily. Right. But then I was thinking, you know, the, the, the filmmakers and actors in bottoms are much younger than us. And maybe they don't have that baggage. Maybe they just love Avril Lavigne and they thought it was, a, I mean, it was the song you're and Scott. And I actually talked about this on a tangent on the podcast, not about this scene, but about the fact that like people like artists, like Olivia Rodrigo, who grew like grew up on Avril Lavigne and are now making right. music that people take seriously. Mm-hmm cites Avril Lavigne as an influence. Yes, yeah, someone she and listened so, to growing up. And so, yeah, and so now I feel like Avril Lavigne, especially like, what was it last year or two years ago, coming back with a with a new album, which I didn't like. Um, it does seem like she has sort of aged into that respectability. Like the the people that loved her when they before they knew better are now. And I'm obviously editorializing a little bit. Are now grown up and and take her seriously but i mean that like that could just be us being wrong you know like i think about like um there was a generation of metalheads before my generation who like refused to take pantera seriously when when they were out and then now all of us who were like in seventh eighth grade when vulgar display of power like came of age and like pantera is now part of like the metal canon you know um so maybe it could be that i'm just wrong that ever levine is is good but i have tried to go back and listen and i it, it doesn't work for me and yeah, I, I, I never I, I never buy it with her i can't get that, that far fake yeah i i hear your point but i i can't get there well yeah. in interviews um Emma Seligman, the writer director and rachel senate the co-writer um said that they were very aware of the effect that the song would have on the guys it wasn't like an earnest pick okay. yeah. it's a song they enjoy but they it was meant to be a comedic needle drop okay. that like also does kind of work dramatically for the scene it like kind of rides the line very well for and this is one of the things i admire about bottoms altogether is that it's able to keep making jokes while it has a dramatic arc there's so many comedies right now like joyride had this problem this year uh no hard feelings totally had this problem where like as soon as it needs to like have an emotional arc it just like stops the comedy and bottoms yeah. doesn't it's like keeps the laughs going but it still conveys an arc to it and complicated totally helps it do that um savvy enough to to know that can I, has enough I, I think enough time has passed since bottoms came out that i can point out how weird it is that now between glass onion and bottoms two years in a row we've had movies where pineapple allergy is a crucial plot plot point. Mm. How weird is that? Forgot well, speaking instances, uh, another you know drop in bonds that I considered for the list was Total Eclipse of the Heart, which plays during the big like heists mm. or not even heist scene. It's like a property destruction scene, which yeah. is really where I started to admire the film. Is like they're going to blow up that van. All right, perfect. Yeah. Um, but Total Eclipse of the Heart also factors into a French film called The Five Devils. That's the karaoke scene I was mentioning. Um, oh, okay. Alex Chocolates were... sings that. We, d I, I definitely thought you were talking about a different karaoke scene. 
So did um, yeah. So uh, Scott, I think you're up. All right. Um, let's see. I think I'll go with perhaps the movie that you're thinking of for the karaoke scene, but um, not that track. Um, so Saltburn. I am a big admirer of in many regards um, and quite enjoyed any number of its needle drops. And I'm going to cheat by mentioning to you, I mean, murder on the dance floor is obviously like the highlight of the film coming at the very end when Barry Kogan is dancing naked throughout the mansion and definitely rules. But the one that kind of got me the most jacked was dropping time to pretend. And like so many people who hate Saltburn is ragged in that moment of like, Oh, now it's time for Barry Keegan's character to pretend. So they're going to be like time to pretend. I, I don't care about any of that. That's when the film is like having the most fun and just like letting loose and just depicting like a fun summer in these people's lives. And, uh, you know, as someone who lived through the aughts at roughly the age, the characters were, uh, that's a great summer tract uh cue to that um so whenever i think of that movie that's that's the moment i think of most fondly so that's the one i went with um yeah i'm trying to think uh i saw i saw mgmt this uh this past spring for the first time oh sweet um they played um at uh i can't remember which festival i get them mixed up just like heaven i think was the one they played at, which is like the millennial nostalgia festival and i think they did oracular spectacular like front to back oh um, nice so yeah that was uh that was cool because i'd never gotten to see them in their heyday that's interesting uh, though did you know they're not really a nostalgia act like their most recent album has just as many streams on spotify as like oracular spectacular does which i was yeah, I, am. I only i only really discovered that in the last in the last year and i'm a fan but yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. Um, but I guess, uh, yeah, I'm not uh, as huge a fan. Maybe. Uh, anyway. Anyway, talk about Saltburn because I didn't actually see it. <laughs> oh, oh man! So that wasn't the karaoke scene you're talking about. Okay. No, there's we all had different karaoke, karaoke scenes in mind. Yeah. Okay. Here's my question. Okay, I'll air this out. Okay, Oracular Spectacular came out in 2007. Yeah. Okay. When I'm trying to figure out what what year Saltburn takes place, oh, I know it's not the, important. There's so many di- yeah. deep dives into this; it's a mess. Okay, so it starts at the beginning. You see, like, "Welcome Class of 2002" or "Class of 2006." I mean, and and also Barry Keoghan Keoghan says, like, "It's the first day. It's the first night at the dining hall. This is the first day." Yeah. So my, I don't know if this is my American way of thinking, but I was like, "Oh, okay, it must be fall 2002, and the summer." must be the summer of 2003 the summer where most of the movie takes place that's what i'm thinking that's the impression that's the assumption that i'm making but then yeah you've got uh um mgmt on the stereo and also they're they're watching uh super bad super bad on dvd which super bad came out in the summer of what 2007 2007 so I, I I guess maybe as rich people they have some sort of connection to get a DVD of of Superbad the summer it came out when it was in like an August two thousand seven release. So I, I was uh, I it didn't take me out of the movie at all. It was just like I don't understand what year it's supposed to be. Yeah. So uh, I had the same problem with the banner, but it turns out that's a American English thing. So in Britain, there's like people are on very different like schedules for when they'll start and graduate. Some people are on two-year programs, some are three. So when they do the class of banner, it's for the year they start, not the year they graduate. Um, but then the I can't remember what song it is, but whatever song that plays at the bar when um Barry Kogan can't pay for the beer, mm-hmm. um, that song didn't come out until 2008. <laughs> and so like none of the timeline lands up lines up at all. Um yeah. it's all a big mess. Also, while we're nitpicking things about Subburn that don't matter to anyone. Yeah, yeah. Why does Ollie order his eggs over easy if he doesn't like runny eggs? First off, he orders them over easy, and uh, what's it, Dylan? I can't remember. Uh, Duncan is the the manservant. Brings him sunny side up eggs, which was what he ordered. But then also he says, "I don't like my eggs runny." And it's like if you don't like your eggs runny, you got to go over medium or over hard. Like over easy eggs are gonna be runny when you cut into the yolk. Maybe that's the class commentary. He doesn't really know anything about eggs. He's just making it up. <laughs> only rich people know what over easy means i don't really know anything about eggs i always wear them scrambled because i'm afraid of anything else 
Oh, I, yeah. I'm, um, if I have toast, I'm a sunny side up guy because I love dipping the toast in the runny yolk. Sure. Ever, ever since I was a kid, I was obsessed with that. All right. Uh, is it my turn? Yeah. Okay. I don't think this is going to be on either of your lists. Uh, I can't remember exactly when the movie came out, but I only caught up with it uh, over the Christmas break. The song is called Summer Holiday. It's by an act called Cliff Richard and the Shadows. And the movie is Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. <laughs> I saw this uh, movie, but uh, go ahead. Well, it's uh, this is definitely an exercise in irony. Because uh, for those who haven't seen the movie, it's the, the there's a new uh, uh, chicken like plant processing plant that like keeps the chickens um, from being scared or happy by basically brainwashing them by and giving them this like fun like uh, uh, escape like almost amusement park for them to like um, dawdle around while they're being brainwashed and then. Towards the end of the movie, you finally see like the guy hits the button to uh, all for all the chickens to march to their slaughter, and so you've got all these smiling, happy, brainwashed chickens in unison marching to their slaughter while the song is going. I'm going on a summer holiday. That's right. <laughs> uh, I loved it. A great scene. I really liked the movie in, in general, actually, uh, and that was a great scene. Yeah, I thought the movie was fine. That I, that scene worked for me really well, but um, that was the first uh, film to drop off my animated films ballot once I saw six animated films. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, we're on to round three then. Yeah. Sean. Okay. Let me go with one of my ben, bender break, ben break the rule choices. Okay. And if you want to uh, disqualify shout it out or we could talk about it but i want to pick the michelle legrand scorps from the go between <clears throat> that's incorporated in may december now the reason i think it's a cheat is i think it's a re-record it is it's very, okay. it's very very close to the original but it is i think yes it is a re-record so okay. technically, maybe not a needle drop, more of a. I, I think I'm inclined to allow it. Yeah, I, I think okay. it, it seems like it's in the spirit. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, what I I I I found it. I found it a fascinating use of music. Um, I'm sure you'll be talking about this movie a lot, <laughs> but I think it's such an interesting. Um, for me, at least. Um, it's kind of a, a, a distancing, uh, has a distancing effect or, or a, I don't know, not, not quite shocking effect, but certainly very like, what is this? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> or that, that's how I felt when, especially when it first comes in, which I think is the, the now infamous, we don't have enough hot dogs or whatever the line is. Yeah, I mean, it actually plays over the opening credits, but that's, oh, no. I think, the hot dog's line is so, like, spot, like, yeah, very like accentuated. Yeah. yeah. Calling attention to itself, for sure. Yeah, and it's very, like, I think because uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a melodramatic piece of music, if such a thing is, exists, for what is generally not uh, performances are not melodramatic the tone of the movie is not like that and i think uh, i think uh the whole is it camp debate etc mm -hmm. uh which i don't i won't get into here but i think a lot of that hinges on the way these these pieces are incorporated in the movie and which is interesting it has people questioning and discussing and thinking so anyway yeah very, very good. I've never actually seen the go-between. I don't know about. No, it's been on my list forever. Yeah. I, I love yeah. Joseph Losey, so I've long wanted to see it. But my understanding um, is is that that is more of a traditional melodrama. It lets you know that there's a little extra energy to be paying attention to, mm -hmm. um, and in a way that, like, maybe it. I mean, it's weird to say a traditional movie because there's a lot about even the script of this movie that's not very traditional, but. Um, just that extra energy that Todd Haynes layers throughout most of his films, uh, the music kind of lets you know that um, to be keyed into that. Yeah. 
Great. All right, number three for you, Scott, which puts us at right. the halfway point in here. Yes, yes. Um, in which case, I think I'll go with oh, tough choice between these two, but I'll go with um the uh no drop of Mariah Carey's always be my baby um at the end of Bo is Afraid. Um so both afraid has a lot of great needle drops in it. When his sort of like weird odyssey to get back home um has reached its kind of zenith point. Um it's when uh Parker Posey's come back into his life, uh his childhood crush, who um he's uh finally about to consummate a relationship with, and this song starts to play in uh the house he grew up in with uh, the love of his life kind of uh, gradually semi-seducing him. And the song, I can't remember quite the specific details of the scene. I meant to rewatch it today to kind of reassert myself within it, but it keeps repeating for some reason, keeps having to start over. And it kind of like, one, I mean, this is the title of echoing Joaquin Phoenix's whole deal, which is that he's like way too attached to his mother and has a sense of like permanent childhood that's then further echoed by him being still stuck on his childhood crush. Um, but then just the fact that he keeps starting over and over and over again, kind of uh, underscores kind of the hopelessness of his pursuit that'll keep kind of making the same journey emotionally, at least in one form or another again and again and again. Um, and it's, you know, I mean, it's nice. It's, it's a banger in many regards, um, but it's also just kind of like a great summation of a sort of arrested adolescence, um and kind of adds and i mean it's weird to say that by the you know two hour and 30 minute mark of a film like bo's afraid it needed any kind of like extra strange energy but it it's evidence that the film keeps inventing itself and keeps finding new ways to upend its expectations well said and also it's very funny yeah for sure yeah um yeah i i also like bo's afraid i mean i have I don't think I've liked the ending of an Ari, Ari Aster movie yet, but this is maybe the closest. I'm kind of with you there. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know if anybody else has any bows afraid there, because I do have kind of an honorable mention that I'll throw out now, sure. um, which is when he first finally comes home and sees his mother's coffin with the headless corpse in it. And it's uh, the song is Everything I Own by Bread. Mm. Uh, and I'm uh, I don't know if it's uh I don't really believe in guilty pleasures, so I don't know if you would consider it that, but uh, Loki, I I love bread. <laughs> uh, You're like Oprah. <laughs> yeah, I love bread like Oprah. Uh, in fact, one of my favorite needle drops, God, did this come up before? One of my favorite needle drops in the history of movies, and so the, we might have done this on the episode um, with Rico, um, is in, in Fat City after uh, Jeff Bridges um, in the car has very, like, sort of, sloppily and awkwardly uncomfortably taken his girlfriend's virginity and he turns on the car and it's uh i can't remember the exact name of the song but it's if a picture paints a thousand words then why can't i paint you by bread and it's just like such a cheesy romantic song for this like moment that should be romantic but is not at all uh anyway great movie fat city that's not what we're talking about here <laughs> all right uh my number three i know this won't be on scott's list because he doesn't like the movie and i don't know if uh if 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 Sean saw the movie, uh, all right. Um, it's the artist is named Iwalani Kahaliwai, and the song is called Ulu Palakua, and it is from the movie Fremont. Uh, and uh, the the if for those who haven't seen Fremont, it's about uh, a young woman who's an Afghan refugee. Um, she was a translator who was given a visa to come to. Uh, to the u.s she lives in, in in the bay area and kind of lives this very like quiet life where she's not sort of like uh testing the waters of her new home very much but as she sort of starts to to break out of that she um has a blind date uh down all the way down in bakersfield and she borrows um her friend's mom's car and she starts the car in this like hawaiian like i looked it up the album is called um and hawaiian happening so it's like this sort of like 50s, uh, 60s, like uh, Hawaiian uh, uh, luau type jam that she uh, and then she, she just it wasn't it wasn't a song that she picked. It was just what was in the thing. But she listens to it anyway. And I kind of feel like it really 
uh, aligns with where the movie is going in this character's journey is, is this person who like, as she says to her therapist, like she didn't want to come to America. She wanted to get out of Afghanistan and America is where she ended up finding a visa and everything. And so she's found herself in this place that was never in her plan. And the movie charts this sort of journey of her finally sort of starting to come to terms with like, this is where I am. And the best I can do is just like go with it and make the best of my life here. Uh, and so the idea of her just like turning on music that she has no idea what it is. Um, and then just saying like, well, I guess this is my driving to Bakersfield mu music. Uh, I, I think I, I really, uh, uh, it really spoke to me really. And it, uh, kind of made me chuckle when I watched the movie. Uh, two. Uh, Sean, did you see Fremont? Unfortunately, I didn't. And the only reason it's on my radar, because I haven't seen anyone talk about it really, but the only reason it's on my radar is because Greg Turkington, uh, Neil Hamburger, and from on yeah. at the cinema, is is has a, he has a big role, right? A major part. Yeah. 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 He's. I mean, he's like the. He's. He's. I would say the largest supporting role in the, in the movie. Um, yeah, so I do want to see it, uh, kind of just yeah. like that. But. Yeah, I actually, um, I, I, I saw it like uh, on a screener before it came out, and then I got a chance to go to a screening that had a Q and A with the, the, the actress, um, uh, whose name I will look up in a second, and Greg Turkington and the director Babak uh, Jalari, and no, I can't remember. Um, and uh, apparently, yeah, the director wrote the, or came to. Greg Turkington with this role, like approached him, uh, Babak Jalali and the actor's name is Anaida Wali Zada. Um, so apparently he came to him with the role, uh, and Greg Turkington, who was, um, was talking about how he is mostly used to being allowed to improvise. Um, and here, because he's doing a scene with someone whose, uh, English is, uh, rough and spotty is bad at best. He had to like, actually stick to the script so she knew when he was done and when to say her next line uh but yeah he's he's very good in it and uh yeah i love the movie i know i know scott's a, a skeptic yeah well we're here to celebrate movies i don't need yeah. to go into my thing yeah uh all right so is that uh sean your number four pick is up i think my number four pick is up okay um i'll be i'll be a little basic I guess. And I assume this would at least be on your honorable mentions, but maybe not. Um, there's a couple I liked, but in Priscilla, um, I think the one I want to pick is the Spectrum song, How You Satisfy Me, which was the trailer song, but it was it's also the song that plays when she goes to America and goes, goes to Elvis's house. And it's, uh, I don't know. Uh, frankly, I just I think it's a, a beautiful piece of music and very atmospheric and uh well deployed yeah it was tough to i mean i didn't end up picking any tracks from priscilla but i definitely had someone in my armor much it was tough to like coalesce around one i i the closest i came to is the opening <laughs> track maybe, okay maybe i love you by the ramones okay yeah. let's let's uh more on priscilla in a moment let's <laughs> right, uh, let's get scott's fourth pick my fourth pick, I'm going to go with um, a very old song that is um, a literal needle drop from the movie Passages called uh, Won't You Be My Sweet Blooming Lavender by Janet Penfold, um, which uh, Franz Rogowski, um puts on to kind of seduce Adele Sochopoulos early in their kind of romance as they're you know, I mean, it's weird to say that his character would be falling in love necessarily, but he thinks he's falling in love anyway. Um, and he puts his song on on an actual record. So a literal needle drop. Um, and the song kind of starts and he starts to sing it to her directly. And it's just such a I mean, it's, I'd never heard the song before. It's just like, I don't know when it's from, but it sounds like it's from like the 30s or 40s. And it has a very kind of old timey romantic swoon to it. Um, the kind of thing that a character like Tomas would maybe take advantage of and maybe have a little insight into, but it's such a beautiful moment. And each time I see the film, I had kind of, I've seen it now three times. I kind of forget about that moment, but it kind of like is this great little oasis of peace and comfort, um, within a very kind of torrid dramatic showdown over the course of uh, this brief running time. Um, 
but yeah, I, I just thought it was a great discovery and um, a track that I'm sure I'll put on from time to time myself. All right. Um, yeah, I had a... No, uh, I'll leave this for honorable mentions. Okay. Uh, all right. So for my number four... Now, Sean, you've you've described a couple of your picks as being like obvious or, or basic, but I'm going to go super obvious and basic with my Priscilla pick, which is the very end of the movie, Dolly Parton, I Will Always Love You. It's a great uh, pick. And it's... Look, Priscilla, I mean, you know, you'll see where different movies fall on my top 10 list in, in uh, six weeks or, or so um, or less. But uh, I really, really love Priscilla. And um, a big part of it is, is, is that the movie gets so into the um, uh, interiority of Priscilla and, and her, like um, I guess the way that she is suppressed and the way that she suppresses herself uh, and is suppressed by others that um it's not a movie that ends with a great big like oscar clip type of speech but it feels huge what she's doing and i love that we get that scene and you know, of of her saying that her you know the um her her final scene with elvis um and then we get the triumphant I will always love you, um, which is, is a great song. and also has a uh, um, relationship to uh, Elvis. Elvis always wanted to cover I Will Always Love You. Um, and apparently Colonel Parker wanted like half of the publishing rights to the song itself, I guess, in order for Elvis to cover it. And Dolly Parton, who loved Elvis and wanted Elvis to cover it, uh was too smart a lady to to give that up um and so it's a, a song that elvis never never covered so it's it was never his not something that was taken away uh from anyone else <laughs> and so it kind of speaks to like uh priscilla setting off on her own it's a song that the devil's never did never took great great movie great scene i don't care if it's a super obvious pick <laughs> yeah nothing wrong with that pick. okay that's that home stretch home stretch Sean. <laughs> all right all right um so i think this is my personal favorite and it, it's not a literal needle drop like scott's last pick but it is a song that is playing in the scene um it's from the movie the adults <laughs> and it's the um i sorry i'm laughing at david um yeah. Uh, my pick, I assume, is David's. It's the Men at Work song, Overkill, in the party scene. Um, this is the one, by the way, that I was like, I was haggling with myself over doing this or the Pet Shop Boys from All the Strangers. And a part of me was like, a part of me was thinking like, Sean might pick uh, this. <laughs> you're, you're damn right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just in brief, it's a party scene. There's there's three these three siblings sort of have a a tense relationship um michael sarah plays the brother he's had a a bit of an evening um he's he's gotten himself a little drunk he starts uh um he i think he's the first to start dancing uh to this to this men at work song um and then his sisters come in but Sophia Lillis and who's the other actress? She's very good as well. Uh, Hannah Gross, I think, is her name. She okay. was um, Jonathan Groff's girlfriend on on Mindhunter, the like hippie go. hippie girl. Right, right. Yeah, they're all great in the movie. Yeah, they're Sophia all Lillis Banner Year. By the way, yeah, great I mean, year. Dungeons the Dungeons and Dragons movie and Asteroid yep. City and this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, just quickly summarize. They're yeah, so they're at a party. The song is playing. They kind of start dancing, then they're dancing together, and then they kind of, right, right when Colin Haig kind of goes up in the vocal, they kind of, uh, they kind of, I don't know, kick into it <laughs> or like they're free. Their their dancing becomes more free, uh, as I recall the scene. Um, yeah, and it's kind of a, <clears throat> uh, it's hard to talk about without talking about the entire movie, but it it felt like a pivotal emotional uh moment um and people should watch the movie to appreciate it i guess well i get um 
Yeah, for those who don't know Overkill, you've heard it. Yes, it's, it's a great song. I think about I, I've always loved it. Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I got the... Because so much of the movie is about them like falling into their old patterns of communication or non-communication with one another through these characters that they've created. And I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with me. I got the impression that this was a song that they had danced to as kids too. For sure. That this wasn't yeah. like what happened to be on the dancing together. This yeah. was the dance is not yeah. the dance is not choreographed, but I feel like they've danced maybe danced together to this song before. Isn't yeah. there am I misremembering this? Isn't there a part where they fall into doing the same dances in Godard's Band of Outsiders though? I feel like I would that, remember that, but that would, I, it would make sense. You're right. I don't know that I caught that. Yeah, I feel like I would have noticed that, but maybe you're right. Yeah. I can't imagine I'm just making this up anyway. Um, yeah. yeah, you're probably right then. Yeah. Mostly, I'm just glad that both of you guys have seen this movie because it's so good. And not enough yeah. people yeah. have seen it. Uh, yeah. Under, under scene. Kind of a, yeah. a, a sleeper hit for me. Yeah. Yeah. Final pick, Perfect. Scott. Um, yeah, this was an easy number one for me once I uh, kind of went back through my lists, um, which is uh, Tell Him by the Exciters and Eileen. Um, so, one of my honorable mentions. Yeah. Um, Eileen is kind of this like super gothic and very expressionistic movie that also keeps kind of all the sexual turmoil just just barely under the surface and like um a lot of it is about uh thomas and mckenzie's character falling in love with Anne hathaway's character and never really getting to quite consummate it but they have this great long connection at a bar scene um that then culminates in tell him dropping on the jukebox and Anne Hathaway dragging Thomas and McKenzie on the dance floor for them to dance to. And it's just a song I've always loved. Um, and the scene is just so well done, both in terms of the, like the dialogue and the way it kind of like ramps up and subverts expectations. Um, Anne Hathaway does like a identity switching thing where she introduces Thomas and McKenzie's character as uh, her own character to a group of guys. And it just keeps like challenging what we're anticipating from the scene and the cinematography has all these great like pulsating colors to it and then for it to culminate in this awesome dance scene that then like and hathaway like elbows a guy who's like trying to dance with her and she like goes back to dancing with thompson mckenzie it's just a blast yeah. um and it's this great kind of like burst of energy amidst a film that's in some ways like very dour but has a great sense of humor throughout and so for it to take the time uh, out of itself to like have this super poppy dance scene was just such a total blast um and then and tell me if i'm mr conflating but i feel like it's in within the same bar scene because they're they're dancing that's a that's a very upbeat pop song yeah. they're dancing to but then they also start slow dancing yeah i can't remember uh, what that song was no i looked it up it's, it's called it up, all but... it's called all these things by art neville um and i kind of in my okay. mind that scene is all kind of kind of together but yeah the tell him is is a great song yeah yeah, great pick uh, and uh, another uh, maybe underrated movie. Yeah, I, uh, I really, it, I really it will like factor in very it. heavily yeah. into my top ten for sure. All right, I'm a huge fan. Um, okay, my final pick is another like, it's not a deep cut. This is a big hit of a of a song. It's also the only the only song on this list that in the theater when the needle drop happened, I was like, that's going on the episode. <laughs> and yet the movie is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. This is and on my honorable mentions list. The song yep. is No Diggity by Blackstreet. Yep. yep, that was because on my honorable it's, mentions. It's so great because it soundtracks the montage when they first to start decide to start being crime crime fighters you get this great montage of them crime fighting crime but it's not just a montage it's like tracking left to right like an old school video game as they're as each one is separately going through a different room but then it'll just like get to the next room and it's a different turtle but it's like all one cam quote unquote camera movement um and what i love about the pick of the song is that like no diggity is not like a high bpm driving like hard ass song it's laid back and it's really getting across the idea that like at this early stage before they've met ice cubes character and everything like this is all coming so easy to them uh yeah there's swagger it, to it yeah. right yeah. yeah yeah and just from the moment that like acoustic guitar loop at the beginning of no date from the very moment that happened i was like oh shit this is gonna be cool uh and yeah that so that is 
my I'm not ranking them, but that is like I said, that's the one that I was like, that's definitely going on the list. It's too much fun, that scene. Yeah, I would say um that's a a good pick. Overall, uh the soundtrack is a little perhaps too catered to people our age. <laughs> it's um, very, yeah. But yeah. uh but that but that that one in particular, uh, yeah, that was my personal favorite of the choices. Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, should we jump into honorable mentions? Sure. Yeah. Or should we go in the same order, Sean? Sure. Okay. Uh well I I, I punted it to honorable mentions, but the karaoke scene I was thinking of was in Fallen Leaves when the, right. the, leaves, oh, yeah. the leaves older friend sings yeah. that song <laughs> um and he's he's actually pretty good and he then proceeds to spend the rest of the movie kind of bragging about <laughs> his performance that <laughs> night and uh <laughs> how, he, how he he should be a singer or he could be a singer but yeah. uh yeah it's kind of a kind of a uh a, a, a crucial little moment for the character do you remember what song it was or do you know no it's it's like i think it's like a russian yeah song or something. i couldn't figure i looked at the song list but i could not determine what yeah which one it was i i think i decided because following leaves is coming to movie like this week i think also i i know um, the movie doesn't take place in russia <laughs> right I, yes. I just yeah yes um so following leaves is coming to movie i think i've decided i'm going to rewatch it before uh we do our top 10 because i saw it at toronto and i loved it and then like a couple months went by and i was like kind of unsure it kind of kept falling a few places but then uh, then i now i start seeing it on people's i started seeing it a lot of people as end of year lists and i was like i should probably remind myself why i loved it when i saw it at toronto any others sean um just doing a quick check Everything got okay. mentioned. Yeah. Like yeah, right. kind of a light year for me. Yeah. Scott? I've got a few. Um I'm I was kind of banking on one of you guys mentioning something from the killers, but um how soon is now would have been my pick oh, for the that movie. That was um, the thing. It was just there was no one that stood out. Like I loved the fact that it's all Smith songs, but yeah. I couldn't I couldn't pinpoint one. Yeah. How soon is now taking place over that opening assassination scene where it's like coming in and out of being like the main music and then you hear it like kind of muted through his headphones was like so great at building the tension. That is cool. That is cool. Um, uh, yeah. I, I would I might have gone with Glory Box. Uh okay. Portis head in the um the Oh, scene when he comes home when in he comes the home, Dominican yeah. Republic, yeah. Yeah, that was, that good, was good too um in my mind the opening and closing track in a fire was just a cool discovery for me i'd never heard that song before um the in shotgun wedding at the wedding ceremony the the whole party sings uh i'll be that uh i can't remember the artist's name but that 90s kind of slow ballad jam great pick um tom sawyer and uh the iron claw yeah. Oh man, it's like I mean, it's, it's a great song, of course, but uh, it comes. It's a great montage sequence, really. Um, none of us mentioned Barbie, but just we got to at least make mention of Push and Closer to Find. Yeah. Closer to Find. Um, as so does, uh, does put. I, I thought about Push, but is it actually in the movie? It's just the the beach scene where they're all singing it, right? Right. So it's like it's one of those like does yeah, it count kind, of kind of things? Yeah. Breaks yeah. the rules. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I think that, that closer to fine counts. It was closer to fine for my, sure counts on yeah, my honorable sure. mentions. Yeah. Um, and then speaking of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Unwritten has kind of a unexpected presence in that film, and Unwritten is also in Anyone But You. Um, hmm. And then lastly, the Wait, very the, uh, N- N- Natasha Bedingfield. Yeah. Unwritten. Oh, okay. Uh, I think it's the, during the newscast, right? Yeah, yeah. If you if you remember, Dave. Um, and then the very unexpected needle drop of uh, Boogie Shoes by Casey and the Sunshine Band and Knock at the Cabin. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, um, now my list is even shorter because uh, Scott just mentioned Closer to Find. So I'll say, well, we danced around it earlier, but we never mentioned the karaoke scene in Saltburn is another Pet Shop Boys song. It's Rent. Um, and for those of us who love the Pet Shop Boys and know that song, as soon as it starts, you see where it's going and you feel terrible for for Ollie. But I uh, think that was also one of those songs that wasn't out when the movie takes place. 
um wait no rent rent would have been out okay uh, yeah yeah oh yeah no you're right yeah that's an 80s yeah 80s um, song yeah okay uh okay let's see the only other ones i'll mention it's funny i don't know if sean saw it but i know that scott did ne- but and neither of us had any picks from perfect days which has a ton of legal drops yeah uh, i thought of a few yeah, I mean, I definitely, if I had to pick one, I guess the first big one in the movie is House of the Rising Sun by the Animals, which is a one I really like, which is when you first get his morning routine driving to work. Yeah. I never yeah. liked that song. <sighs> hot take. Yeah, yeah, that is a hot take. It's too uh, repetitive. <laughs> so are his um, days, it turns out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it may be appropriate. Yeah. Uh, my last one is a song called, um, it's called Then You Can Tell Me Goodbye by the Casinos. And uh, it comes up a couple times in Savannah Leaf's directorial debut, Earth Mama. Um, I think it's playing when she starts her car, but also in a later scene when she's, uh, forgive me, because it's been literally a year since Sundance when I saw the movie. I can't remember if it's it's when she's visiting one of her, because she has kids who are in the foster program that she has to have like supervised visits with. Um, And I think she, she plays the song again to like, as a kind of lullaby to, to like put the kid to sleep. And it's a very, very pretty uh song um anyway so those are my honorable mentions right on. all right sure. um well i think i was taking close enough notes i'm gonna actually throw all these into a spotify playlist um and then send it to david to throw in the show notes um in case that's awesome. want to do a little 2023 jam um and if i miss any for by all means, you guys can uh, send it along. Send those along. Now, well. Did you just do the fifteen, or did you include all the? Uh, I tried to get the honorable mentions and... as well, good, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Oh, that's why you were asking what the name of the fallen leaves song yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that uh, might be that might be missing. We'll find it. Well, um, this was fun as it always is, uh, and just you yeah, know, thanks, generally thanks for having me again. Yeah, thanks for coming up with this episode <laughs> four <laughs> years ago or whatever. Um, which, by the way, if this is the fourth one, because you mentioned, this is dumb, uh, just me making connections in my mind. You mentioned um, the song from the Iron Claw, Tom Sawyer being in the Iron Claw. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a pick from The Nest on the first one of these, which I is know. also a Sean Jarkin movie. I know. So he's a uh, lo- low-key needle drop hero. He's, he's good. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. All right. Um, I, I, yeah, I love because we, uh, Scott, you and I did, I guess, uh, two weeks ago, we did the like our favorite film discoveries of 2023. But this is the first episode of uh, really like looking back at the year that was. And I get I just love it. I get so excited yeah. uh, looking back. Um, so, uh, yeah, stay tuned for more of those. Um, you can find you can find us at battleshipretention.com. You can email us at david at battleshipretention.com. Tyler at battleshipretention.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and blue sky at Davey pretension or on letterboxd at David Bax. Hey, check out Tyler on Twitter at more lessons or check out his GoFundMe, which is pinned to the top of the homepage at battleship He needs some help. And the video explains exactly where all the money will go. Um, also, if you want to help Tyler sign up for the Patreon, and if you do it soon, you'll get a ballot for the BPs. Um, Again, sign up at the two, five, or ten dollar level. I'm not letting any new freeloaders get get uh, ballots. Uh, what else? Da, da, da. Anyway, check out my other podcast. It's called The One Where I Met Your Mother. I do that with my wife Natalie, and uh, that's me, Scott. What do you got? Uh, Twitter at Rail of Tomorrow, um, Blue Sky. Although I haven't been on there in a few weeks, who's to say? Um, Is and... on Blue Sky. I know. I, st- I still use Blue Sky. I try to check in. I try. Not, I try. It's not picking up momentum. It's, it's not happening. Like, yeah. Um, and Letterboxd, where um, another one of my New Year's resolutions is to really hone in and make sure I write down something about each movie I see on Letterboxd. So. Um, don't give away your New Year's resolutions. That's for Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sean, where can people find you? What do you want to plug? Uh... You can't really find me online, but I have a band called Weird Spirit. Uh, and since I was last on, we put out a new collection of music, an album, you could call it. It's called You Are the Architect. Um, and it's on all the streamers. It's on Bandcamp. Um, it's Name Your Price, so don't pay for it. Send <laughs> send your money to Tyler or other uh, yeah. charitable causes. Um yeah, so check that out. 
Well, uh, thanks, Sean, for joining us once again. Um, thank you at home for listening. And we'll get you next time. Bye.